This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Lynx Magazine Golf Podcast. I am your host, Graylin Loomis. I'm joined by co-host Ian Kreitzer. Ian, how are you doing? Doing fine. Good. How are you doing? Yeah, having a good day. Um, I'm jealous of who we're talking about today. Um, I'm jealous in some ways. I feel sorry for him in other ways because <laughs> I think he suffers from an addiction. And it's an addiction we all suffer from. It's it's like right. golf travelitis sort of thing. But he suffers from it on a totally different level. One that a lot of us can't relate with. <laughs> exactly. Um, introduce who we've interviewed today or who you have interviewed today. So I interviewed Jimmy James. Um, for those who are not familiar, he completed uh, playing all of the Golf Digest top 100 U.S. courses in a year. A, let that sink in. Yeah. Just One absurd. year. And we're talking, this is not the top 100 public courses. No. This is the top 100 courses in the U.S. Correct. So you've got Augusta, Cypress, Pine Valley, Shinnecock, National, all the way to the great but kind of hard to get to public, I mean, Sand Hills. Yeah. Um, Crystal Downs. I mean, everything. Th- th- like- these are courses that most people, you know, hope to see in a lifetime. He did it in a year. All in a year. Yeah. I mean, whoa. <laughs> yeah. With a little asterisk there, because he started it out with, uh, before he even knew he was going to do the quest, he started with Augusta. And As then you do. started, um, yeah, and then retired a month later and then started uh, after the rest of the 99. So technically it was like 13 months or something, or, you yeah, know, roughly. We'll, we'll, we'll give him that. That's, yeah. that's fine. It, we're going to give him that. And I yeah. know that. Um, you know, he spoke to Golf Digest about this, and, and in terms of the yeah. official from Golf Digest, they said... The judges allow it. Yeah, they, they said, yeah. we're giving it to you, too. Yeah. But uh, just think of the logistics. I mean, it, it is I don't just want to. nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, we actually interviewed Jimmy, and we had an article in Lynx Digital about him. Um, writer Adam Shupak spoke to him. It's on our website for anyone who wants to go read it. Um but he said his main point was this whole quest just further instilled in me the fact that the golf community is so close-knit and so tight-knit that the moment people heard about what I was trying to do, they would say, hey, I know a buddy who's a member at you know XYZ course. Yeah. He'd love to host you. And, and while we're at it, I'm a member of this course. Like, I'll host you here, too. Right. Um, it, it, it's pretty darn cool. Well, well, and even the way that the way that we got connected, um, he he reached out over Twitter, um, and we had just we had been I had been following his journey and and whatever, um, but he had sent me a, a DM over Twitter, just kind of casual conversation, and it happened that I was in Atlanta one weekend, and it worked that we could play some golf together, and I could uh, could talk to him for the podcast, so it worked out well. But I, I met him for the first time in person at, at his club in Atlanta. Uh, we had only talked over social media before then, and that's just that's a testament to the golf world and how close and and small that re- we really are. Yeah. So it's um it, it is it's just it's an interesting story. Uh, Jimmy's a really interesting guy. I've yeah. not met him, but we've spoken back and forth a little bit, and it, you can tell you know he has that personality where I, I think he could get along with a lot of people and yeah, he's yeah. just uh kind of a, a consummate um golfer but it's interesting um it's interesting that he was not one of these guys who uh played from the age of three you know grew up with a dad who was a, a member at a really top course so he was kind of like slotted in from at 18, he no. joined, you know, some top 100 course, and this was really just a matter of calling his buddies. Like, they, that's not the case. He picked up golf at 45, I believe he told me, um, after he moved to, to Texas. But he grew up in, in rural Texas, um, one of many siblings in a house without running water. Um, wow. So not not what you'd expect, uh, you know, a guy that would play the top 100 U.S. courses. And it was 
it was tough, but he enjoyed the journey. He told me, um, and just meeting people along the way. He's never met a stranger. Talks to everybody. Yeah, just awesome. That's how you would do it. You oh, know, yeah. it's um. I I think there's another guy um, named John Sabino who's written uh, yeah. how to play the top 100 courses in the world. He's written for us, and I count him as a friend. Um, he took years and years and years uh, to play the top 100 courses in the world now not the u.s right but to hear someone who's done that say i don't even know where you would start if you were trying to do this in a year i mean that's uh that's (laughs) that's just amazing yeah it it was it was quite the undertaking and we kind of get into that as well as some deeper topics and um, all the way to what his favorite moments were, stuff that sticks out to him. Um, so it's a, it was a lot of fun to talk to him and just kind of uh, get stories out of him. And we just kind of let him talk. And, and the, the interview ended up being a little longer than what we were, what we were planning on, but that's fine because I just kind of let him talk and, and tell stories. And he, he enjoyed it. I loved it even more, I'm sure. Hey, also important to say you guys uh, played 18 holes and then recorded this basically in the bar at Jimmy's home club um, over a beer. So uh, it's it wasn't in a studio. Um, it was kind of sitting at the bar with um, plenty of things going on in the background. So forgive the uh, non-studio um, quality, audio yeah. quality. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's all about the the quality of the the content, Hashtag the substance content. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so without further ado, we will cut to. Um, Ian's interview with Jimmy after a word from our season sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're sitting here at uh, in Atlanta with Jimmy James. And for those of you who are avid avid golfers and avid golf travelers, like we hope that everybody listening to this podcast will be, um, you know that Jimmy finished up a uh, quite the quest um, the la- in the last year. So I'll let him kind of take the stage and and tell you about it if you haven't already heard so jimmy what did you what did you get done doing last year i played the uh, top 100 golf courses um as according to the 2017 2018 list uh by golf digest okay so ian it's uh it's great to have the opportunity to to share the experience with you and talk about the journey going across the country to to play those courses and all the people I met along the way. Absolutely, and and, and you did, there's a there's a little caveat there though because you did it in a certain amount of time. You did it in a hundred days, right? Well, a, a, a year, a, a year, year. Sorry, yeah. Courses in a year. <laughs> hundred days know, would be yeah. I was, about, I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking this morning, um, would it be possible to play all one hundred in a hundred days? That would be a real challenge. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think it, that would be tough. From our from our talks, you know, before this podcast, I'm thinking that this uh, the logistical you know tro- troubles even in a year would be tough. You know, 100 days would be would be near impossible. But yeah, hey, man, there's, there's always time, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's always time. So I have to think about that one. Uh, the challenge I think of the 100 days would be the scheduling. Uh, conflicts, uh, if there's weather issues, if there are scheduling issues, if there are tournaments at clubs. And then you're done. Yeah. It's it's a very small margin of error to try to get that done. Exactly. And and, and it was tough getting it done in a year. Uh, Getting it done in 100 days would be a big challenge. And you raced to the finish at the end of that year, too, didn't you? You had, um, if I remember correctly, it was uh, 30-something days to, for 29 more courses. Is that right? That's correct. I had 35 days to get in the last 29 courses. Uh, <laughs> oh we had a pretty long winter. Yeah. Most of the courses, the fortunate thing is that most of the courses were clustered together. So I right. had several uh, out on Long Island, mm-hmm. uh, several in the, Chicago, uh, in the Chicago area. Right. Uh, so I was able to play those in in, in groups and uh, get get them done. But I did have to uh, go back and forth a little bit between 
the Midwest and New York, and then right. I also had to take a trip out to Idaho for the two for, courses, right. the, the uh, golf club at Black Rock and uh, Gazer, right, uh, Ranch and Golf Club. Mm -hmm. So that right. was that was some logistics to get out there and then get back. Uh, and finish out off before the uh, before the eleventh. That, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize is the West is so spread out, and it's you're know, like oh it's just a quick jaunt over there, but it's not. It, it's it is a it's a haul. Whereas everything in the Northeast and in the South to an extent is clustered together, and which is nice. Um, but yeah, oh man. Um, so you you started off with a with a big one that kind of opened opened some doors. Um, not not opened some doors, but it gave you some credibility to say the to say the least. So you started off. With. I, I started out with Augusta National, and that just worked out because the arrangements to play Augusta National actually happened before I had the idea mm -hmm. to play the top 100 uh, courses. Right. Uh, the the arrangements for playing it uh, had really taken place several months before, mm -hmm. and we were just waiting for the club to reopen after after the the uh, winter had passed. Right. Uh, but it was great to start off with it because um, one of the two questions I got asked uh, immediately all the time was, so how are you going to get on Augusta National? When I could say, well, I actually played it a month before I started the quest. Right. That gave me some credibility <laughs> and people saying that, well, you could probably do this thing. If you've already played that one, you can probably exactly. get this done. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the other question is, are you married? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, and your wife lets you do this. Right, let me right. do this. I would always say, actually, she's uh, she's helping me do it, so she's quite supportive. That, that's amazing. That, that's amazing. Yeah, she sounds she sounds incredible, and she and she helps set up, um, you know, being in Atlanta, and um, she's uh, the, she's one of the deans at Emory University. Yes, she's the dean of the Guzueta School of Business at Emory University. Very nice, very nice. So, so she was she was helpful and, and very supportive, to say the least, uh, in, in, in this quest. Um, so, what is your what is your most vivid memory or story or anything from from the from the quest? What sticks out in your mind when you look back and and you know years to come? What will be that? They're like, oh, I did this, and then what's the first thing that comes to mind from this whole experience? From a golf standpoint, mm -hmm. just being at Augusta National. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the Holy Grail. It's crazy, right? Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> so the whole experience of being there, of uh, riding up Magnolia Lane yeah. and Magnolia Lane, and, and, and then uh, seeing all the buildings that you see on television doing the master so many times yeah doing the master telecast and then playing amen corner Ugh. you know and just thinking about all the masters and the great shots and yeah uh on those holds uh just just an amazing experience so that that will stand out from a golf standpoint right but the the experience itself what really mm -hmm. stands out the most mm -hmm. are all the people Exactly. I met along the way. Uh, not just the, the, certainly the people who hosted me at the club, mm -hmm. because just the generosity and kindness that exists across the golf mm -hmm. community is amazing. Oh, it's, I, I totally agree. And we talked about this. We just got done playing 18. Yes. And uh, we talked about this on the course. And, you know, even even today, was we were, we were saying the golf world is, is so generous. And I think it rubs... It gets a bad rap, and it's, it, there are so many nice people and just so willing to help, and it's it's amazing. It really is. So, in addition to in addition to all of the people that helped, uh, that hosted me, mm -hmm. uh, the making the loops with caddies at some of the clubs, it was just me and the caddy yeah. making the loop. Right. Um, I played in a group at at a foursome at at uh, Arcadia Bluff. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the round, the caddy, David uh, Enderby, mm -hmm. we, he told me some great stories. He used to caddy on the PGA Tour. He caddied yeah. with Bob May uh, in, a, in a practice round where Arnold Palmer invited Bob May to, to join him for a practice oh round. Oh, my so gosh. He got to meet the king. Uh, he shared stories about uh, interactions with... Uh, with the golden bear. Yeah. So it was, and so he and I had a great time. And at the end of the round, he said to me, 
you know, if you hadn't come out today, I probably wouldn't have had a loop. So you took care of me today, I'm going to take care of you. Do you have a, uh, a, a host for Oakland Hill? I said, well, I have some people that are working on it. He said, don't worry about it anymore. Uh, give me your phone number. I'll have someone call you tonight and uh, take care of you. Wow. So sure enough, that evening, I got a call. <laughs> and the call was from uh, Leo Savoy. Mm-hmm who was the president of the club at the time that the uh, Ryder Cup was hosted at Oakland Hill. Oh, my gosh. Uh, David and Leo are childhood friends. And Leo wow. says, hey, uh, my friend, my buddy, David called me and said I need to take care of you. <laughs> and anytime David calls me, I, I answer. Oh so my gosh. he set it up for me to come out and play uh, and bring a couple of friends yeah, uh, with me. So that, that's amazing. That, yeah, yeah. So those types of experiences uh, are just along the way. And then uh, I spent time talking with uh, everybody that would talk with me when I was at the club. Right. From the attendant, from the guard at the gate, where for the clubs that had guards. Mm-hmm. Right. The attendant in the parking lot to the locker room attendant, to the right. pro shop, just meeting and interacting. It was just a fantastic experience to, to oh share my gosh along the way. I t- totally agree uh, or you know it, yeah it's just absolutely amazing um the and, and all those people you know they they f- might feel you know kind of forgotten sometimes you know they're just um, you know they're to serve and stuff like that but no like they they they, they want to talk and and they you know they they have just as many stories to tell as as the next person that's that's really special um and those are they're just as important and, and just as much fun to talk to and interact with. Uh, and clubs couldn't run without them. Exactly. Uh, so they're, 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 they they're make the, heart. the experience. They, yeah. they, they make the experience uh, for the members and the members' guests a memorable experiences. Uh, and some of my sort of go-to questions mm-hmm. I'd ask are, you know, what one thing would you tell me to keep in mind while I'm playing the course? Yeah. And I got answers. Uh, really good advice. Uh, right. Certainly always listen to your caddy. Right. Uh, Right. Stay below the flag. <laughs> uh, uh, this course uh, plays to a slice, so don't go left. Yeah. You know, those pieces of advice that I'd always remember when I was out on the course, and it gave me a way to just break the ice in no, the yeah. conversation. And, and absolutely, and that's so important. It's so important to do. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. um, so, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, so, your favorite, your favorite courses um, were... We, we talked about this a little bit on the course today. Your favorite courses, as far as the experience, were, was Augusta. Um, full together 18 holes was Pine Valley. And then Cypress Point for everything but the 18th hole. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, all the courses are amazing. Right, they, right, they, of course. They really are. And uh, I get asked often, so what's your favorite? And it's hard to pick one favorite because... Mm-hmm. There are different experiences at each course, right? And there's something that's special about every single one of the courses. Absolutely. Actually. So I clustered them in, five, in a group of five, mm-hmm. and you named the you named three of them: right. Augusta National for just the whole experience, mm-hmm. uh, Cypress Point, just the golf experience and the setting, the beauty of being along 17 mile drive being mm-hmm. out on the peninsula uh, along Pebble Beach. Right. It's just fantastic, breathtaking to, to, to just stand there. Yeah. Let alone be able to hit golf balls. Right, 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 right. It's surreal. The course. And yeah. the course has a variety of holes that just give you lots of options on how to play them. So it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, great, uh, a great experience. And then Pine Valley. Mm-hmm. Shot for shot, hole for hole is a golf course. <laughs> uh, I, it's a tough one at that. It's I, a tough oh one. My and, gosh. And, and I tell people the way I summarize it is that you have more room than you think off the tee. This is true. Yeah. And less room than you think on the approach shot. That Would totally agree with that. It's a second shot course. Yes. Then there's Fisher's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a big Seth Rayner fan, I'm correct? I'm a big Seth Rayner fan. Because the wide love, fairways. <laughs> wide fairways. I love those. I need. Not only, I not only love, but I need those wide fairways. Uh, and though I need the green. As you saw today, uh, I need the green to be open in the front. So right. that I don't hit balls into the bunkers. And he keeps those narrow bunkers along the side. Mm-hmm. So the green's open in the front. So 
it's a beautiful Seth Rainer course with the uh, the the template type holes, mm -hmm. you know, the radon holes, the the punch the the punch bowl. That Alps punch bowl looks amazing. Yes. The, so, the fourth, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 great to play in your that setting, uh, the lighthouse in the di in the distance, the water. It's a beautiful, just a beautiful, uh, quaint island with a great setting, and then Marion. Right. And Marion for all of the traditions. Right. That Marion has the wicker baskets on the top of the black sticks. Right. Every year, they go out on, the, on Bobby Jones's birthday mm -hmm. to toast um, his Grand Slam right. win. Do, do, uh, do they, they do that on the eleventh hole too? They, they do it on the eleventh yeah. hole. They dress in tuxedos. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Uh, I teed off right around lunchtime. So <laughs> it's intimidating, right? So yes, but the the members and their guests are sitting on the veranda having lunch, and it's sort of eerie in that. You hear the clanging of the 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 silverware hitting the flatware, the plate, right. and then as you address the ball, it goes eerily silent. Right. Um, and then you're there, and all of the attention is on you as you make your your first swing for your first uh, drive. Right. Uh, there on the first hole. And and, and I thought I was nervous to down the first tee with with you know only you and our caddy. <laughs> yes. So that. The the, the uh, traditions there are just great. In the locker room, I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's the original lockers there really? upstairs in the locker room at, at the clubhouse uh, at, uh, at Marion. But great experience. One of my memorable uh, shots was that I hit my drive on the 18th hole mm -hmm. within inches of the plaque that, <laughs> uh, that marks, that commemorates the uh, Hogan one-iron that famous photo, photo, yeah. That famous photo that I see, I saw that photo more than any other on I, my, on, on, during my quest. It was either in, somewhere in the clubhouse. Right. There was that photo. Either right. Either in the, the locker room or in the, in the pro shop or in the um, head pro's office. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. Most clubs, it's, I think, it, I want to say it's the most reproduced golf photo of all time. I, I could be wrong there. Don't quote me on that, but. I, that that sounds right, um, but that's a so you, so. Did you? The question is: Did you hit the one iron, and did you did you make par? I did not hit the one iron. Okay. I do not carry a one iron. Good. Because that would be a waste of uh, of my fourteen clubs. <laughs> uh, but I I hit a three hybrid, which right. is my version okay. of the one iron, and the ball hit on the front right. Mm -hmm. The pin was on. Uh, sort of middle left, mm -hmm. and I chipped up and one putted. I think I one putted to make par on the hole. Very nice. But uh, I missed the the green. It actually landed on the front corner, rolled off, right, and chipped up, and I think one putted. That, that's amazing. Um, so that's definitely a memorable shot. So what are what what other shots uh, by themselves stick out to you from the from the journey? What what? Um, well, there there's one at. Uh, uh, I was playing Bend and uh, Trail, mm -hmm. so I played all four courses in two days, right. uh, 36 holes per day. Mm -hmm. Had the same caddy, a young kid, uh, uh, Thomas. Thomas uh, didn't play golf. Okay. He was about the same height or maybe a little taller than my golf bag, okay. but Thomas w uh, wanted to become a Chick Evans scholar. Okay. So he learned to caddy right. and became a scholar, which is a great program. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, Tom so he was... Thomas was on my bag for mm -hmm. all four days. Mm -hmm. uh, Bend, uh, Bend and Trails was my third course. Right. Uh, so he'd gotten pretty familiar with me. I missed my drive. I think it was the 13th hole. Mm -hmm. I missed my drive to the right, and it went in uh, behind some trees. Right. Thomas uh, advised that I chip out. Mm -hmm. There was about a four by four foot opening mm -hmm. in the trees up high. And I looked at him and said, so Thomas, you see that opening there? That is at the launch angle of a pitching wedge. The hole is 130 uh, yards away, mm -hmm. uh, 123. Yeah. If I hit my pitching wedge through that little opening there, mm -hmm. it'll land right next to the flag. 
He said, Mr. James, I think you should chip out. I think going through his mind is, you just missed that big wide fairway, right. and you're going to try to hit a ball through that little opening. <laughs> I pulled out my pitching wedge uh -huh. right through the opening. Oh, my god! The ball landed three feet left of the flag. Easy birdie. <laughs> I, that is one that uh, that you you I, I could have stopped the round right there on the 13th hole. Right, and and, and just like I'm done. That that's it doesn't get any better than that as far as shot making. <laughs> and so an, another one was when I was at uh, Medina. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Uh, I I tried to recreate just for fun mm -hmm. the Sergio shot where yeah. he hit and ran up the hill and. I'm not as young as Sergio was at the time, so my <laughs> jump wasn't as high. Right. But a real shot that I hit, again, another drive that went into the the woods, the trees on the right. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than chipping out, mm -hmm. I saw an opening about 100 yards or so through the trees right. back to the fairway. Right. I took my driver, hit it off the leaves, yeah. stayed low. Got to the fair, went, uh, went through the trees, got made it all the way to the fairway, and then curved to the right and ran up the fairway. Oh my gosh! So that, that one I'll remember always. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, no, definitely. I, and I saw those you were the good shots. The bad shots. I, there were more of those probably than good shots. But I try to forget those. But, 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 you, but you, don't, you don't remember those. That, that, that's that's fine. That, that, that's fine. Um, so for someone who would be thinking about maybe trying to do a little slice of of golf travel. Um, that you, you know, that you did with logistical concerns, um, you know, booking travel, making sure dates are right. What, what advice would you give somebody um, who was maybe setting off to do uh, a, maybe in a little piece of your journey, to, so to speak? The first thing I'd say to everybody mm -hmm. is for all the uh, managers and executives out there that have uh, administrative assistants mm -hmm. that do all the travel. Right. Give them a call today and thank them for what they do. <laughs> I uh, I called my executive assistant uh -huh. after planning several of my own trips right. and said to her, I just want to call and say thank you. This is hard work. <laughs> I don't know how you did it all right. those times, but I appreciate the work you did because I always got where I needed to get. There was always a car. There was always a hotel. There was always a plane. Exactly. Doing this myself is a lot of work, so I appreciate all the work <laughs> you did to make that happen. Uh, plan ahead. Right. To everyone, I would say, you know, plan ahead. There will be, uh, have contingency plans. Right, because things will fall through. Things will Things will fall through. For for me, the very first course, as they said, that happened before I actually started the the full quest uh, playing Augusta National. I was still working. Right. I got caught in Canada, in a small town in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, the flight from the small town, starting it back to Toronto, mm -hmm. was canceled. So this is Tuesday night. We're leaving. Uh, there's a wheels up from. Yeah. Uh, Peachtree to Cobb or PDK uh -huh. Airport uh, the next morning. Yeah, to, to go to Augusta. Yeah, to Augusta, <laughs> and I'm I'm uh, in Canada. The the flight to Toronto is canceled, so I can't get back to Atlanta from Toronto. Um, there's no rental cars. <laughs> <I'm> My <laughs> this is a, I'm I'm like tensing up listening to this. Yes, I'm, I'm in so cold sweats. I. Uh, uh, my guy on the ground there yeah. uh, that runs our business, that ran the business for us up there, he says, well, there's a guy I know that sometimes gives people uh, transportation. Right. He's got a truck, <laughs> uh, a van. Yeah. Let me see if I can get in touch with him. So we did. We found the guy with the van yeah. who was willing to drive me across the Canadian border down to Detroit <laughs> where I could catch... Uh, catch uh, a flight uh, on, on Delta from Detroit there to Atlanta. And so oh I, made it in, I made it in that night. But you, there will be challenges, so remain flexible. Right. Uh, have, have, have thought through uh, contingency plans. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. And, and even, you know, especially for, you know, of course that happened before the, the trip, but that's the, you know, that's the first big one. And, I'm like I said. I'm sitting here in, in cold sweats, thinking about that happening. If I had the chance to play Augusta National, I'd be like, "Oh, I've, uh, I can't, even, I can't even process that." <laughs> so I, I, I have a, a, a 
few sets of golf clubs. Mm -hmm. um, logistically, uh, sometimes I would take my clubs with me, but I hate right. checking luggage. Right. As often as I could, I would use ship six. Okay. That was that's pretty useful. Okay. My clubs, I would play with one set, ship the other set ahead, and then ship that set, and so I'd keep them rolling. That's, that's so that smart, worked, yeah. That, that worked. I, uh, there was only once where my clubs didn't arrive mm -hmm. when I arrived. I was flying from Houston uh, to, uh, I think, uh, Tulsa uh, to play to, to play at um, Oak Tree National. Okay. Hard course, Edmund, yeah. To, to, to Edmonds, not Tulsa, to Edmonds. Right. Uh, to, uh, to play Oak Tree National. Mm -hmm. and, and I arrived and my clubs didn't. Ugh. But uh, United got there on the next, the, the next flight. And that was one of the things that I did. I, I didn't take the last flight. That's smart, uh, yeah. So that... If my clubs didn't make it, there was always another flight that night right. that they could come in on. Exactly. So those types of things I had to, to uh, think through on. Right. Yeah, that's um, – we, we did a uh, we did an earlier podcast uh, talking about how to travel with your clubs. And, and we talked about the you know, ship sticks versus flying with them and, and the troubles that come with both. And so ship, so you're a, big, you're a big believer in ship sticks then. I think it, it, it works well. And if you plan ahead – like I did, mm -hmm. uh, with if you have multiple sets of clubs, right. you can plan ahead. Right, uh, you could use the four-day, five-day service, which is which saves you a lot of money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because if you're rushing them out, they, you know, yeah. they, exactly. Um, so you had a few close calls too. Um, it was courses that maybe you wouldn't have been able to get in very, very last minute. One in particular because it was hosting a major a major that, that year and it had to close down. So take us through that story and maybe other, some close, some other close calls, um, that you had. Cause one guy in particular came, came through, um, and the golf world's familiar with them. So I'll, I'll give it to you. You know, actually the story starts here at, uh, Cherokee, okay. which is where we're having this discussion in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a friend that, that wanted me to play with him. Mm -hmm. I finished up around that morning. Mm -hmm. He had he had some guests with him, right? And said, uh, "Why don't you just join us at least nine holes?" So I played nine holes with them, right? And they they were a threesome. I made four, mm -hmm. and the person I was matched up with in the cart, we were talking about my quest, and I told him that the uh, club I was struggling with because of poor planning on my part, right. I should have played it in the fall of 2017 mm -hmm. instead of waiting until 2018 uh, I, I knew the US Open would be there mm -hmm. what I hadn't anticipated is that they would restrict at Shinnecock they would restrict the number of guests right. that the members could bring ahead of the Open exactly yeah so it had been difficult finding a member that had available guest slots to, to, to use right and this guy and I were talking about it turned out turns out that a friend mm -hmm. of his had a mentor who was the uh, who was a member at Shinnecock, and that friend of his and my wife were actually friends. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> so and my wife had just done a favor for that friend. So well, that's she convenient. Called, yeah. she <laughs> called her up and said, "You know, you said if there was anything I uh, you could do for me, just to call and ask where there is something." Yeah, and so she. Ask her mentor if he uh -huh. would host me at Chinnacock, and he agreed to do it. Right. So that I thought, wow, that's the luck. The, Weighed off. The, the yeah. way it worked. And then, as misfortune would have it, mm -hmm. the biggest part of the misfortune is actually that his his brother-in-law passed away. Yeah, yes. And he passed sad. away one week too before we were scheduled to play, and the funeral was scheduled for for that day. For that day. Yeah. Uh, so he regrettably had to uh, to uh, to cancel. Uh, certainly, golf was the last thing um, that yeah, absolutely. at the time. Absolutely. Uh, so he had to, he he canceled, uh, had to cancel. That left. Uh, that was a week before we were supposed to play. So that left me with uh, very few options to get on to to Shinnecock. Right. Uh, fortunately, Jimmy Dunn. Yes. Came through and did a real solid. He hosted me there on the last day. 
that guest could play at Shinnecock. <laughs> and I think he I think he flew in the night before from his college reunion right. to be able to do it. So just a, a, a swell guy, just a salt-of-the-earth type of person that right. everything good you hear about him is just absolutely... Absolutely true. true. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. We were talking about it a little bit today because I'm, I'm, I don't know him obviously, but I'm familiar with his story. And, um, and you, you even said he was, he's an American hero, just because. It, In my view, he's an American hero. When you look at the story of uh, what he did uh, for the families of the employees um, after nine eleven, yeah, just I mean. Um, we, we, I think, are really defined by what we do during a crisis, what we do when we're stressed, what we do when we're challenged, when all of your uh, hopes and dreams, your aspirations, mm -hmm. come up against your adversity. Adversity. Yeah. The, what I call the intersection of adversity and aspirations, what you do at that moment, right. I think, defines you. And I think what he did is a model right. of how you handle challenges and how you put people first. And just, uh, just um, I think, an amazing story that anyone listening that hasn't heard the story should really uh, Google Jimmy Dunn. And, and that Golf Channel piece that ran yeah, during how, the Open how, was was unbelievable. Yeah, how, how golf saved Jimmy Dunn. It's, yes. It's, it's worth it's worth well, uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes too because it's it's phenomenal um i watched it quite a few times uh just a, just an amazing guy it seems and and someone that really helped you out and you know because it, it shouldn't you wouldn't be able to do shinnecock uh, otherwise because yeah. they were they were closed off and then by the time it opened back up um you're, you're I, I would, the, the time frame would have been done i was thinking about something that happened to me when i was in it's uh, in college it made me think about mm -hmm. something that happened to me in college where uh in an engineering class I, the first test I took for this particular professor, Dr. Ye, uh, I it was an hour-long class, hour-long test. I mm. finished it in about 45 minutes. I took the test up to his desk, and I said, you know, professors have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of research you guys are doing. You don't really have time to, to grade test and uh, prepare to grade test. So I've taken the uh, opportunity to prepare a key for you to use for <laughs> grading our test. Uh, when I got when I got the test back, it had a 99. Yeah. There was nothing wrong on it. It just had a circle with a minus one in it. And I asked him what that was for, and he said, nobody gets 100. Uh, so I thought about that story because right. I was wondering what, how I was going to make sure I didn't end up with another minus one, a 99 <laughs> rather than 100. Because it's just not, you can't say, well, I played the top 99 courses in one. It doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same <laughs> ring. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. That's, that again, cold sweats. But, you know, shout out to uh, Mr. Dunn for, for coming through for you. Um, so I guess the question now is, what's next? Um, are you, what, what, what courses are on your radar that, maybe aren't in the top 100 that you want to see or you want to do the world top 100 or stuff like that. We talked a little bit about it on the course today, um, what your plans are. Even you're leaving tomorrow to go to um, go to play some, some good golf. Um, so take us through that. Well, I, I'm going to play next week. Uh, I have a round in San Francisco at the Cal Club. Not very nice. Um, it's not in the Golf Digest 100, but mm -hmm. it's uh, certainly in the top 200 courses. Of so there of are several courses that are just outside the top 100 mm -hmm. uh, that I'll play. Uh, I've been invited to also play the Philly Cricket Club. Very good course, yes. Um, but uh, next week it's the Cal Club, and I'll be in Houston and have the opportunity to play at Champions, okay, and hopefully have the opportunity to uh, to meet Mr. Burke. That that would be there. fantastic. Yeah, I've I've heard great things, and he's still you know as we were talking about it today. Um, he's still out giving putting and chipping lessons and taking full swings, and he's uh, he's ninety six or ninety seven now. That's just absolutely phenomenal, and absolute, an absolute legend of the game too. Um, yeah, that that would be really really cool. Um, and then you also talked about a possible. Caddy school? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm working on a book okay. that chronicles, that tells the story yeah. uh, about my travels across America, uh, just the great country that we live in, mm -hmm. the people I met, met along the way, the experiences I, I had, 
and um, I've met a new friend that's helping me learn to to write well, right? Write in a way that the reader can see the story, not just right. hear the story, but see the story. He has a uh, a caddy school that he does in at Kings Barn in February. So it's going to be pretty cold. It's going to be pretty cold. And, it sounds <laughs> and like this is really Scotland. For those who don't know where Kings Barnes is, it's 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 north of St Andrews, I believe, or right next to it. Yes, it's not in February. Saying, and it's on the coast. <laughs> uh, but this guy's a, a really neat guy, and mm. I'm really I'm looking forward to getting to know him better and the work that he does with soldiers, right? Uh, Canadian soldiers and teaching caddying and trust. Uh, uh, as you played. Uh, with me today here in mm-hmm. Cherokee and my caddy uh, that I use here, uh, Melvin. Melvin. Uh, Melvin's Melvin a man. And I get into discussions, but I, I trust him. Yeah, exactly. And so you you notice uh, that I hit the clubs that he wanted me to hit. I hit the lines he wanted. There, there may have been some, and he was he was firm in his decisions. And he, he, he said, it's, "Exactly, that's amazing." Yeah. So I think I think that uh, the work that uh, this friend does. Uh, is great work, mm-hmm. and he's invited me. He's asked if I'd like to uh, to attend. Right. Uh, so it sounds like something that would be very neat to do. Going Absolutely, to it, especially uh, in Scotland. Maybe in Scotland. you know, of course, it's in February, but in Scotland, that would be amazing. Yeah, it, it can't help but improve my game. But the real uh, important piece of it would be the interaction with the guys. Right. Uh, absolutely, and that's that's such an important part. And and you. Um, you said you took caddies at most of the most of the courses that you played in this quest, and they're such an important part, um, you know, of, of the round. They're there with you. They're you know, if you have a bad caddy, then it's it's kind of doesn't taint the round, especially if it's a great course. But it, caddies are so important um, as far as if you have one, uh, so important to a round, and so to have a good one is is phenomenal. And Melvin Melvin is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah. yeah. So I I think. When you go to an iconic course, you go to really any course, mm-hmm. if you want to understand the course, to see how the designer of the course laid it out, mm-hmm. how he expected the hose to be played, right? you have to walk the course. Absolutely. Totally um, agree. To really get a feel for it. For me, my game suffers when I jump in and out of a cart. It breaks the rhythm. It breaks... Uh, sort of my tempo. So to be able to walk uh, and really feel the course and gain the, the real experience of being on the course was important. Right. So, so and, and then developing a relationship at each place. And I had great caddies along the way. I still, I mentioned David Enderby, but there are other caddies that I continue to keep in touch with, mm-hmm. uh, play golf with when I'm in their towns. That's awesome. Uh, chat with uh, just really good relationships built along the way. Right. That's uh, that's so important. Um, yeah. It's such an important part of the game. And I totally agree with, you know, because when a lot of these courses were laid out, especially the ones in the top 100, um, a lot of them were older. A lot of them were classic, you know, classified as classic courses. And there were no carts when they were, you know, when they were around. And they, they were intended to walk. And that's that's so important, I think. Um, and it's it, sure carts are convenient, and but I think to get the true spirit of the of the game and the course is so important to, to have it under your two your two own feet the whole way. Yeah, you know, the one place where the cart actually worked well uh, was uh, a course called Kenyatta. Okay. C A N Y A T A. That's Illinois. That's, that's Illinois, right. Okay. Southern Illinois. It's across the border from Terry Hope, Indiana. Okay. okay. The course is privately owned. Okay. No members. Okay. Uh, my understanding from the uh, the the guy that uh, runs the course for the owner mm-hmm. that manages the, right. the golf course for the owner uh, is that only a hundred to one hundred fifty people per year play the course. Wow. Uh, I I the day I played, mm-hmm. I was the only person there. <laughs> To play, there's no pro staff. There's right. the golf course superintendent and uh-huh. and his staff. Right. The golf course superintendent was going to play with me for the 18 holes, mm-hmm. but had an issue that he had to work that morning, so okay. he joined me on the back nine. Okay. 
and birdied almost every hole because I think he <laughs> set the pins in places that favored his game. Right, right of uh, course. But uh, but the first, the front nine, mm -hmm. it was just me and the course. Right. And I took a very, I usually get around the golf course pretty quickly. Like right. today, you today and I we played, played 18 quickly. holes in three hours. Right. Uh, walking, yeah. Walking. Right. But uh, that day, I just savored every shot, every hole, and having the cart to drive around was nice. It just worked. Uh, me against the course. Right. It was, it was a, and it's a beautiful course that's a true test, uh, a, 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 a true test of your golf skills. Right. The, the signature, I, I think it's the signature hole, is a par four where from the back tees you have to hit a 235-yard uh, not scary. the tips, right. one up from the tips. You right. have to hit a 235-yard drive, carry 235 yards over the water <laughs> just to reach the fairway. <laughs> and then you have the privilege of having another 200-yard shot up the hill to the green. It's a tough hole. Oh, my gosh. It is a beautiful hole, and it is a true test. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think of myself as, as kind of in the know with a lot, of, and I've never heard of, I never heard of Kenyatta before uh, reading, reading your story online and, and stuff like that. So it, that's probably something that fewer people have played than, than I mean, <laughs> maybe even Augusta almost. That's, that's incredible. Um, so no pro staff, no pro shop, no nothing. It has a pro shop. Oh, okay, okay. It has a pro shop. Okay, because you've been to a hat, I'm sure. It, yes, because I have a hat. Uh, <laughs> it has a pro shop, uh, but no cash register. So you purchase items, and they bill you later, uh, <laughs> and you send in the payment. Wow. All, there's no cash handled at the uh, at the facility. That's interesting. Uh, and for the for the seven hundred and fifty dollar greens fee that you pay, <laughs> which is subsidized by the owner, actually, if you consider how many people play the course, right, and what it must cost for the golf course to be maintained, yeah, the, 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 to maintain the course and the staff for doing that, right. Um, if only hundred to hundred fifty people play the course and the, the greens fee is seven fifty, the owner subsidizing everyone that plays. Oh yeah, but it does include. Snacks. No oh, good. Snacks you I, I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping to include snacks, maybe a beer or two. Don't. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I mentioned that you picked up you picked up two mementos every every course, and we kind of bonded over this because I'm a big hat guy, hat and logos, and I'm all about them. So I have way too many hats, and you do now too, because at every course you picked up a hat and a ball marker. Correct. Right. So I have 98 hats. Okay. Uh, and 98 ball markers. Okay. That's because there are two uh, clubs that have two courses in the top 100, and they don't right. differentiate between the, the, hat, logos. the, the logos. Right, and that's so, ball so to straw and wingfoot? Ball to straw and wingfoot. Gotcha. East and west at wingfoot, upper and lower at ball to straw. Right. Uh, the um, uh, Bandon has four courses, all four courses there, Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, Bandon Trails, and Old MacDonald mm -hmm. are all in the top 100, but each of them have different logos. Their own logo, yeah. Right. Well, which in, is in different hats. So. Right. So that's fun. It, it's a fun little thing. Do you display them or do you just do you wear them? Um, the, the hats I wear, the uh, the ball marks I will display. I haven't put them in a frame right. yet, but I will frame them uh, and display display those. The hats I just wear. Right. It, it, like you're wearing an Olympia Fields hat right now, or it's off because we're in the clubhouse. But uh, Olympia Fields hat today. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm very jealous of the hat collection because I'm a big like I said big hat guy and you know I've seen seen the picture of you with all the all the hats on on, on top and it's like ha ah, that's that's goals right there. <laughs> yeah. So 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 Nate who was who is the photographer for Golf Digest uh -huh. another magazine. Right. No no no. That no. Brand, it's, that it, 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 it's their list. We, we don't we don't do rankings. <laughs> yeah, yes. So uh, he came up with that idea. He said I I I want. So they didn't tell me exactly what type of picture to take. Mm -hmm. Just something that really captures the magnitude of what was done. And he came up with the idea of let's stack, let's put several hats on. That's your head. And, and, that, and that's perfect because yeah. it's. I mean, the, the the picture is is really quite funny because it's you know it looks like a big old top hat, but yeah. and then the sitting on top is the the white Augusta National hat. <laughs> you know, right. just to just to cap it off. No no pun intended, um, but. It's uh yeah very 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 jealous of that hat collection so 
So you're going off to Houston tomorrow. So I'll, I'll let you go. This was a great talk. It was a great day at Cherokee. Um, shout out to Melvin, uh, our, our caddy. He's the man. Um, but Jimmy, it was great talking with you, man. Um, and I'm so jealous of the, of the quest and I can't, I can't wait to hear what comes next. So. Thanks Ian. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to talk as about the quest. As you can tell, I really enjoy talking about it. It was a great experience as again, my shout out to all the people that helped the way I define it is they prepared the meal mm-hmm. and I was just blessed with the opportunity to, to, Dying on the mill. Exactly. That was prepared by others. Exactly. And that's, that's such a special, golf is such a special world um, with very generous people. So you, you being one of them uh, for having me here today. So thank you again. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Ian. Well, Ian, I'm kind of jealous that you got to meet Jimmy and I didn't. Um, <laughs> you, you, you'll meet him. You'll but meet him one day. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Being in the Southeast, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect at some point. But um he has quite a story, and it's absolutely just one of those things where you think, you know, with help and with the community that is golf, a lot of stuff can happen, whether that's fundraising for the right cause or playing amazing golf yeah. around the U.S. or the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and his story is a testament to many that, you know, he – after he retired, this is just what he put his mind to, and um, and if it wants to be done, if there's a will, there's a way, and he definitely had a heck of a will to yeah. get it done, uh, and he did. So um, just can't wait to see what's next. Can't wait to hear about the uh, the caddy school at Kings Barnes in February. Um, can't wait to hear about him playing courses that have been added to the list uh, since this uh, whatever list he he did. I, I think, think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, it just yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, can't wait to see him, uh, take all those and maybe even try for the world, uh, top 100 as well. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch. It definitely will. Well, it will wrap it up there. Um, you know, Jimmy is very active on social media. So if anybody wants to reach out to him, you can find him on Twitter, um, and Instagram now too. He and just, Instagram. Yeah. Um, if you, he kept a blog going, uh, throughout the, the trip, it was, um, Jimmy's, J-I-M-M-I-E, Jimmy's Top 100 Golf Tour, or sorry, (laughs) Jimmy's Top 100 Golf Course Tour.com. I know he likes talking to people, so, you know, speak to him there. If you want to reach out to us, we're at Lynx Magazine everywhere. Um, If you don't subscribe uh, to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, check out Links Digital and our e-newsletter, our two free sources for content. And if you don't subscribe to the print magazine, uh, Links Magazine, you ought to. Um, it's really our flagship. Uh, no, we're not biased or anything. Yeah, we're not biased, but it's the best thing ever. <laughs> um, no, it, it's absolutely great. And yeah. we encourage you guys to subscribe and reach out to us with any suggestions you have for topics. Um, I hope you view us as, as buddies you can reach out to. So with that, Ian, we'll wrap up for today and uh, start planning for the next episode. Until next time.